Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Florida is a killer. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. a lot of Friday fails that are very current. I think they're very close to my heart because I kind of lived through them. But I want to kick it back a couple hundred years. You want to go old school? I want to go the oldest. Well, not I can't even say that. It's only the 1500s. You really oh, that's, cut my line. You know, like, I was a baby back then. Like, <laughs> just a baby? Yeah? Well, uh, I want to talk about the Narvaez expedition, which I hope I'm saying right. And it was a Spanish journey of exploration and colonization that happened in 1527, and it wanted to colonize Florida, because everyone knows Florida is the most sought-after sexy state. Florida is the crown jewel of the states. It's, I mean, it is like <laughs> a little bit of... the Indiana of the South. It's, I mean, it's one of the only peninsulas here, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's true. A, it's a straight-up peninsula. Straight-up. Was that a straight joke? <laughs> straights of... No? Okay. Oh, like a, like the straight... You're like a yeah. body of... Uh, yeah. Like yeah, no, straights? No, no. It wasn't supposed to be that. No. Jesus. It's just using my urban slang. Wow. All right. You're very urban. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I just picture you... In my head, I'm photoshopping a Supreme hat on you. Yeah. That's urban, right? Yeah. My mother lives in Florida. She just moved to another place in Florida. <laughs> just let you know. Completely. Yeah. I... My uncle... We're just a couple of Jews who gravitate towards Florida for its climate, its balmy winters. Uh, my, my uncle has a place there, and he would militantly keep kosher at it. And it was not fun because you couldn't bring any fun, fun food in. And my parents were too cheap. We go to one Cuban restaurant, and the rest was like kosher fish. <laughs> Florida Which is so flavorful. Oh, God. It's great. It's great. Anyway, let's get back to 1500s Florida. The expedition to Florida was led by a guy named Panfilo de Narvaez, who died in 1528. So that's a year after it started. <laughs> it's like, he was out. Um, a bunch of men died, and it was actually led by Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca. 
and he is a crazy colorful man. So again, it's like, knock off the leader, let's get a crazier leader in there, and let's kill everybody for the privilege of colonizing Florida. So it was a pretty, pretty crazy thing happening. Okay, so there are many expeditions at that point um, that happened, and also at this point too, Spain was a big deal. Spain was just taking over all over the world, very into ex- exploration, very into technology, very into spreading their country all over the place. And they were like, why not Florida? We know it's on a map somewhere. We know it's in the new world. Let's go. Let's send a bunch of people out. Let's check it out. We're going to send out this leader who promptly dies. But then we're going to send out Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca. And he was a Spanish aristocrat, kind of like a spoiled baby Spanish man-child. He was born in 1490. He took the title Cabeza de Vaca, meaning head of a cow from his mother's side of the family. One of her ancestors was a shepherd named Martin Albaja, and he helped the Spanish Christians win a decisive battle against the Moors in 1212, um, which essentially what he did was put a cow skull on the trail. So the Christians are like, cow skull, Moors, let's get them. And his name means cow skull. So that's a part of it. (laughs) A huge victory for the Christians back in 1200s. Now, Cabeza de Vaca's grandfather was Pedro de Vera, who was the conqueror of the Canary Islands. Huge pedigree. And he was kind of a, a crazy sadist. He ordered the execution of all males above the age of 15. He, like, marched into the Canary Islands. He's like, oh, there's people here. All the men killed. And then the islanders, so they were hanged in pails, decapitated, drowned. Women were parceled out to the men around town, especially the military men. And then any children that were left were just sold off as slaves. So he comes with this pedigree of pretty crazy, military, successful, brutal type of people. Did he know how to run an expedition? Absolutely not. Oh, no, no, it was no. no. The answer was no. I'm going to stop you there. No. This is, sounds like a Friday <laughs> fail. I get it. Okay, yeah, you it's get not going to go you're, well. You're, you're, yeah. On June 17th... Okay, so wait. Cabeza de Vaca became a soldier in his team, teens serving the Spanish army in Italy and at home, and he was a respected veteran at like 22. He was appointed treasurer and second in command in the 1527 uh, expedition, and again, his boss died, but he would also serve as all these things as all this shit happened to these people. And it is known, this expedition, as one of the most disastrous in Spanish history and one of the most disastrous colonization efforts in the history of the world. So let's get into the fuck up of it all. On June 17th, 1527, the Narvaez expedition left Spain with five ships and 600 men. <laughs> okay? Healthy Spaniards ready to start a new life. And they're going to stay things. that way. They're gonna, and that's where the story ends. And <laughs> oh. everyone, uh, good night. <laughs> it flourished. And, Tuck uh, in your beds. Yeah. Kiss your kids. Good night. And <laughs> the world is a happy place. Anyway, uh, so Cabeza de Vaca was part of it. The mission was to establish a colony in Florida, which stretched from the southern tip of modern-day Florida along the Gulf Coast to the Rio de las Palmas. In mid-September, the crew landed on Hispaniola, where 140 men were like, um, almost wiped out by a hurricane. And so they were like, we're going back to Spain. We can't deal with this. This is already bad news. So we're calling the herd. 
After six months of wandering around Florida, fighting hostile Native Americans, malaria, dysentery, the Narvaez expedition pushed to sea again, building five 30-foot barges and heading west along the Gulf Coast towards Pinuco. On November 5th and 6th, 1528, two barges and 80 men landed on either Galveston, in Galveston, and the barges were soon lost, and almost everybody died due to cold, hunger, disease, drowning, injuries, and more, most famously, cannibalism among themselves because they had no resources and they were stranded in this foreign place with nothing. Uh, and on top of that, the native people were like, what are you doing here? We're going to kill whoever we can, the rest of you, because you're not supposed to be here and you are already inept, we can tell. Like, they can smell, you know, can you imagine being a, a native in America and, and seeing some Spaniards in, like, some crazy tight, like, outfits and padding and weird 1500s, types of war coverings and being like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And they're like, we will not. And they're like, well, I guess I'm going to kill you now because you're a threat to my people. So at this point, 15 men were still alive of the 600. We're moving forward. After, oh, so <laughs> they're wandering around America for six years, sidestepping native colonies who are already there. And then Cabeza de Vaca and three other survivors Andres Durantes, Alonso de Castillo, and Esteban, who was Durante's slave, um, a Moroccan man, were like, we're going to keep going. <laughs> we will not stop. We have no men. We have no life. We've been wandering around the United States of America before it was that. Well, I guess we just go. Normally it'd be like, oh, I like like a... Uh, like, you know, the odds stacked against mm-hmm. you story, but not really. Yeah. It's just like these. No, they, it's like they were like, I don't know. Let's, it's like nothing affected them. They didn't take a hint. Like nature was like, here's a hint. We're going to kill all your men. And they're like, cool. Well, let's see what Texas has to offer. <laughs> you know? So they headed towards um, inland and they kind of made friends with the natives of this. But, and this was really why these four men survived this. They finally were like, how about instead of attacking these people or threatening them or not knowing what they're like or being complete assholes to them, we're going to learn their life. So the four men, um, including Cabeza de Vega, they would uh, learn how to create houses, uh, pick fruits and nuts. They would... Uh, find worms, spiders, they learned irrigation, they learned uh, planting, farm farming. And they also learned uh, the art of healing. So they learned these ancient native healing arts too and became like very adept at them, which was something that kind of threw uh, the natives that they were on off a little bit. They were like, eh, interesting. And, but that he talks a lot about it in a book that he writes later. Anyway, they became friends with Indian guides and well-wishers and almost created a kind of cult around them, around these Spaniards that were these elitist people, became part of the fabric of Native peoples in America, and then became these kind of culty gods that maybe had more healing powers than people thought, and the Natives supported them. They rallied around them. In late January 1536, they met up with a party of Spanish soldiers, finally, who were on a slaving expedition, Again, dark part of the history. Also, you don't hear slave as a verb very often. It hits you not so great, you know? Yeah, it doesn't feel good. (laughs) No, it's not good. So they met up finally with other Spanish soldiers after seven years of wandering. And the (laughs) 
the Spanish soldiers who were there were like, who are you? And they're like, we're from this expedition. And they were like, what? They're like, yeah, we are from, and they're like, we don't believe you because they looked like ghosts of who they once were. And they were, again, very decked out in things that didn't feel traditionally Spanish. Um, And then they were like, can we kill the natives that are with you? And they're like, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. They're our friends now. And they, we heal things. We heal them. We heal people around them. So they prevented the new Spanish soldiers on their slaving mission from enslaving or killing their friends. And then finally, in July 1536, the four arrived in Mexico City to Heroes Welcomes, where there was already a large Spanish population at the time that wasn't already killed everyone or, or had been killing. So Cabeza de Vega wrote a book about his adventures, La Relacion, the account, after he went back to Spain in 1537, and it, it was first a report to the king, but it was published to the public in 1542. A second, slightly revised edition came out, which combined the stories of other people with it. On one level, it was a historical anthrop- anthropological document in Texas alone, Cabeza de Vaca named and located 23 Indian groups in their clothes, language, eating habits, rituals, homes, and migrations. On another level, it was like a selfish man's memoir to his own heroism. So it kind of traverses both those things. Helpful and egomaniacal. When Cabeza de Vaca, Durantes, Esteban, and Castillo appeared out of the desert under the Spanish slave hunters, the Spanish soldiers were speechless Again, we talk, they talk a lot about the description of them being not of this world. They thought they were ghosts. They thought that the one expedition had been gone years and years ago. Um, but again, this career soldier who started out as this very elitist, entitled dude, killed most of his men, became one with the early Americans, and then became this cult figure with them, and then became a hero to back to the Spanish conquistadors that he came from. So we went full circle. <sighs> so he lived long enough. He just survived long enough to become, a, by survival, to become... He just, a, he, he didn't die. Yeah. He didn't die, and so he became all of these things. But he also helped kill other people. Like, he, if he were a better leader, he wouldn't, none of this would have happened. This wouldn't even be a fail. But the fact that he killed almost, like, 500 and 96 people, essentially. Well, again, with a leader before him. But he was still, he's still a hero. You're not saying he's the revisionist. What do you mean? Like, he's not revising his own history, saying, like, oh, I'm a hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, uh, in, his, in his own book? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, do, do that. That seems crazy. Um, but this is a huge fail because so many people die, so needlessly, too. Um, we talk a lot about conquistadors, or like this period of time where a lot of different European uh, countries are trying to colonize the world and there's a lot of stupidity and there's a lot of cultural insensitivity and a lot of really horrible things happening but generally emphasizing there's a lot of stupidity and ethnocentrism involved in it and also you know you maybe you'll get a book deal out of it though if you really try yeah welcome to florida (laughs) you know uh can we welcome people to um patreon.com slash ghost town pod yeah, we can. If you go and you, if you, you can survive. You get one free healing session with a guy from 1540. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, you get two bonus episodes. Yeah. And there's got to be 20-something bonus episodes by now for you to check out. 20-something? Yes, 20-something. We got three baker's dozens in there. Yeah. 
We got like, yeah. Don't do the math. No, no, yeah, don't do the math. It's like 86. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then if you want to message us, you can message us at Insta- yeah. on Instagram at Ghost, Ghost Town Pod. Pod. Yeah. Or email us at ghostdownpod at gmail. That's kind of fun, too. That's really fun. If you have a lot of attachments, please email us. That's, that's one of my... Less uh, so on Instagram. That's one of my credits is being uh, the guy from Gmail. You're the guy from <laughs> Gmail? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I never thought I'd meet you. Well, you did. Do you get mad when listening to true crime? Well, so do I. If you want a weekly true crime podcast that says what you're thinking, then grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is Cambo from True Crime Island, another true crime podcast, and maintain the rage with me. Visit truecrimeisland.com where you can download or stream each episode. Plus, there's links to iTunes and social media. And as I always say, don't forget to delete your browser history. This is True Crime Island. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.